Welcome to Business Baby, a small business podcast for pals. Well, 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 it's Sam from Venus Envy. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Sam, can you tell us what the heck Venus Envy is? Yeah, we are a sex shop and bookstore, education-oriented sex shop and bookstore. Yeah. Though right now we're less store and more website. Um and I'm sure we'll get into the reasons for that uh, later. <laughs> um, and then how did you uh, first get involved with Venus Envy? What path brought you there? Yeah, I actually worked at Venus Envy. So like many years ago, okay. um, I was hired as an employee by obviously I didn't own it at the time. And I loved it. Like I just I was. Yeah right as I was finishing my undergrad I started working there and I just like loved the work like love talking to people about sex um and just like love being the person that um that people trust with um these things that can be so intimate and vulnerable um a lot of the time yeah and so I worked there for a few years and then I kind of decided that I wanted to be a sex therapist after uh working at the store yeah so I went and did my master's in social work. And as I was doing that, I did some kind of more traditional social work placements and remembered how bad I am at uh, following rules oh, and <laughs> listening to other people <laughs> doing things when I don't see the point. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm done for in social work. Oh, can I swear? on? The oh, phone? yeah, please. Okay, I've okay. heard swears before. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> okay. I didn't know if you had to beat me out or something. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm done for in this social work career. Like, I don't know. I'm really bad at red tape. I don't know yeah. how I'm going to make this work. Um, and then it just kind of happened that the the Shelly, the previous owner, was um, interested in selling the store. And so we were friends and we started chatting about it and um, things just rolled out that way. And that's how I became the owner of, of Unisembi. And I, you know, what I love about it, it, it is a like a lot of the things that I love about yeah. therapy and social work, um, which I also do. Um, but you also get this other part of like some people come into the store who are never going to go see a therapist yeah. um, or who come in just because they want to talk about pleasure and yeah. sex and buying a vibrator. And that's also a lot of fun too. Is the Venus Envy in Ottawa related to the Halifax one or same owner or like, how does that relationship work? Yeah. So the same person one person started them both um, and then she sold both to different people at different times Um, okay so so sold the Halifax one first um and then later sold the Ottawa one yeah to me so officially we're not you know legally connected in any way uh we share a website um so I own the website has been you know kept us afloat obviously the last few months especially but (laughs) so I own the website um but yeah we we work together you know they're like really lovely Marshall and Halifax store and he's great and so we work together you know 
in lots of informal ways and it's nice to have someone to call to be like I don't know what to do in this situation or have you had this issue with this supplier and then have someone who's sort of running the same business but it's not in your business yeah that's amazing because like I feel like I can easily do that with like a lot of different food businesses or bakeries there's a limited amount of like sex shops in the city especially like queer owned so it's like I can imagine that can feel very limiting that you don't have as many people to kind of like um get feedback from or check in with so that's very cool to have won (laughs) (laughs) yeah it totally is and it's really nice um you know one thing I kind of admire a lot about the food industry is that it it feels someone on the outside really like collegial uh it seems like businesses and and people sort of there's this real like ethic of helping each other out um and that can happen in retail but I I, there's also a lot of competition um and so yeah it's nice to have someone who's in the same industry and kind of doing the same job and not feel like oh yeah are we gonna talk to each other is this a real conversation is it you know um that kind of that kind of thing which is you know just human but yeah yeah, I think uh, that's so valid and I think like I talk about that a lot on this podcast like this idea of competition feeling important to some people or like a motivator to some people is so interesting to me because like to me, it feels like such a turnoff and it feels like such an ugly way of perceiving, you know, other people who are just fighting to have their business and, you know, provide jobs for their, like, it's just such, um, it's so toxic. And I just, it's such a turnoff to like, think of a business owner as your competition, you know? Yeah, totally. And I will also say I have found myself having to work hard not to get caught up. Um, oh, I know. In that, especially as an Aries. But um, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I, I definitely, yeah. if I find myself kind of going there, I have to like really remind yeah. myself like, oh, there's actually is enough business for all of us. Yeah. And like we, it's great that there are many sex shops in the world. Even like another offshoot of being com- competitive is like that. Like sometimes I'll see other like bakers or coffee shops doing something really cool. And I'll be like, oh, I wish I had good ideas. And like, I know I have good ideas, but I feel like I'm never, like, I always think I'm fake successful, if you can relate to that. 100%. Yeah, yeah, where I feel like I only seem successful because I have a lot of followers, but really nobody cares. And like, obviously that's not true, but I think I catch myself in that mindset a lot. And I think a lot of small business owners and just people in general feel like they're faking a lot in their lives, but I think especially in business and now that everything is on social media, which I'm sure you can relate to as being like a business that is mostly on social media now, like it's so hard to not get compared to, and then like feel really defeated in your own like measured success, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Social media really does make it, I think harder to feel I mean not just for businesses for everyone but to feel content yeah and with what you have because it's like oh we're doing really well oh but wait here's this account that has a hundred thousand followers you know (laughs) which is even such a silly measure of of success (laughs) like you know know. logically I don't care about these things but it is so easy to get caught up in and not easy to get caught up in like there's this whole industry that's built on trying to get us caught up in those things Um, yeah Oh, yeah, exactly. Right. 
Yeah. yeah. I used to do that a lot when I would see um, like shops that were similar to my like food businesses that would open like a second location or a third location. And I'd always be like, wow, I feel like I'll never be successful enough to have like another shop. Like I'm hardly keeping this one afloat. And then I used to feel bad about it. But now I like when I see someone opening a second, third, fourth business, I'm always like, I would never want that much work. Like I, it's like, it's interesting now. I think of it so differently where I think, oh, I don't think I have the capacity to like care another a hundred percent. Okay. So I want to ask, I think we were chatting about this the other day. I can't remember, but what was outside of like working at Venus Envy, did you have like business education or was it just kind of like by trade? No, nothing at all. I knew nothing about business (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I like I never had seen myself as a business owner and I mean I still feel like a fake business owner like kind of your same a a lot of the time yeah which is ridiculous it's like all um, my favorite businesses are fake owned (laughs) (laughs) um yeah I had I just I, I, I mean, I had worked there and I knew things about sex and the rest yeah. I figured out yeah. or asked people or. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate. Yeah. It's definitely like, it's the same for me. Like I don't have any formal education. Like I only went to university for like 10 minutes and then dropped out. <laughs> um, and then just kind of ended up working at coffee shops, bakeries. And it's very similar. Like I, learned a lot through experience and that felt like enough for me. Um, but I, I'm, I'm guessing it's probably the same for you. Like not having that education sometimes, like I'm sure it makes you like second guess yourself like even more. Yeah, totally. Especially at the beginning, I think like I, there was a period between kind of when I knew I was buying the store and when I actually took over and I, um, spent most of that time reading like every business book in existence yeah yep. um <laughs> like googling so many yeah 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 <laughs> yeah googling so oh my gosh it's like I I still sometimes google like MBA yeah. <laughs> online <laughs> which I'm never gonna do an MBA but yeah I feel especially in the first years you were saying you felt like not prepared because you didn't have that education. And I think I felt very similar. Like I, I'm, I have this thing where I'm always afraid of like getting called out that I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. And by that, I mean, like someone's going to be like, this is not the right practices. This is not the right business practices. This is something you're like, I'm, I'm always afraid I'm going to get like caught. And I think like after a few years in business, I started to realize like, oh, I think a lot of people don't really know what they're doing in their business. Or I think a lot of people question themselves and I don't think it's just me. And I think it's like, as soon as you start thinking about small business through that lens, especially, you know, having small business that's been through like what we've been through in the last few years, I think it's like so important to remember, like most people are in this weird questioning phase, especially now. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I definitely relate to that feeling of like, yeah, especially at the beginning, just assuming everybody else knew way more than I did and feeling like I had to hide how bad I was um, at business and just like so much insecurity about that. And then, yeah, the more sort of comfortable I got with the business, but also the more I talked to other business owners, I was like, 
oh, no one knows what they're no. doing. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's not just me who, no, you know, it's like a universal thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's also, you know, why you have accountants and bookkeepers yeah. and yeah. people who know more about this stuff, especially that's the part that I feel the most insecure about, like the numbers. And the, yeah, me know, too. The, the me hard, too. Hard business stuff. I think small business resources for free are really hard to access. Yeah. I think when you're young, especially, and you haven't been in the community and you don't know other businesses, like naturally you don't have any mentors or guidance or people to ask. So you kind of feel like very limited. It's like what we talked about. Either you go to school and you get a degree or you know nothing. That's yeah. what it can feel like. And I think, and I see it a lot now with like um, newer small businesses and artists who are coming up. A lot of the resources they pull from are just, other artists on Instagram or business podcasts like this, or like these really interesting free resources. But I would definitely say like, you know, when I opened my shop seven years ago, there was way fewer resources and tools like this. Instagram didn't have as many, you know, like queer feminized small business owners like myself talking about their experience, talking about struggles. Like, you know what I mean? Like, especially I was so young, like I just had no community And I think one thing I think about a lot now, I personally see myself as a mentor and thinking of like this role of like trying to mentor businesses when they ask me things. And I was wondering, like, do you feel like when you took over, you had any mentors in place or were you kind of just like scrambling? Yeah, that's interesting. Like I was, I was lucky to have obviously the previous owner, um, uh, to answer a lot of the kind of just questions about how things work like there's yeah. some stuff I didn't have to figure out which was the kind of beauty of, of buying a business that yeah. existed yeah. versus starting one um and at the same time I feel like a lot of my mentors haven't really been formal sort of yeah this is our mentorship relationship but more it's just watching other small businesses businesses that I admire and seeing what they do and I think like that piece about being queer yeah. and yeah. about wanting to run a business that is ethical in some way, like whatever, there's mm-hmm. a long conversation you could have about what that means as a business, mm-hmm. but that's, you know, as, as ethical as possible. Anyways, like there's not about a lot of models out there no. about yeah. how to do that. And so even when you yeah. read all the books and stuff, yeah, a lot of it is like, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. And so <laughs> I, I think of a lot of my mentors as like, um, you know, like I'm thinking of Jess at Bread by Us yeah. right now, who's yeah. just like so, so grounded in um in their values at yeah. Bread by Us. Like I admire that about them so, so much. And they're kind of often doing things and I'm like, oh, I can do that. Like, yeah, <laughs> like that's possible as a business that you can, you know, yeah. make this thing happen because there's no sort of models of how to do I, that yeah. out there. And so that's, I think, like just seeing what other people are doing has been... I think for me, a big source of a possibility. Yeah, hundred percent. I I think that's a great point you made. Like even when you do classes, or I just recently went to a talk that was like, um, it was a talk about essentially how to make like two S LGBTQIA plus people feel comfortable at work. I was actually just there serving treats, so I wasn't like attending to learn. It was just like a bonus that that's what I got hired to do, like, because I obviously like love spaces like that. But everything, all the presenters they had, everyone who was like doing the training, 
they were training for like really large scale corporations. It's great that that training exists for big companies, but like, there's not, it's exactly what you're saying. There's like not really models to put training like that and tools like that and resources like that into a place where it's like, you know, like five or six staff or you're a brand new business. And you know, you know what I mean? Like there's, you know, for our type of businesses, it's very much like learning through doing it and then learning from your staff and from your community, like what makes sense, what feels safe. And unfortunately, sometimes it's like by making mistakes and then growing from them. But uh, it's a, it, I don't know, it's just a really good point that you made of being like, you know, there is tools, but not for smaller scale or not businesses like ours. Yeah, totally. And I think just like the being in a small community, like adds such yeah. a layer of, um, I don't know what, but it's just a different thing than running, I don't know, some yeah. huge bank or something. Yeah, know? because like, like, it's not the same no, tools that you need. A hundred percent. Cause like Mr. RBC probably isn't going to like run into a regular at the Marche, but it's a, I will, you know what I mean? So I totally, I, yeah, I can relate to that. And I actually would love to talk about that kind of element of small business more with you. We've joked about it a lot in the past because like you own like this sex shop that everyone is like sex shop Sam. <laughs> um, and, uh, I, I, I totally relate because I feel like you know, as the owner of Little Joe's, I have to be on a lot in public situations. So I, I kind of just wanted to talk to your experience because it's so different because there's so much stigma and there's so much like weirdness around people who talk about sex. So I imagine there's a lot of perceptions of what what and who you are, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Sex yeah. shops, Sam. I feel like I should make that my like Instagram handle or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's always a kind of a strange like I yeah. sometimes I almost feel like I'm disappointing people because I'm not like scandalous <laughs> yeah yeah I will not have sex with anybody who talks to me and <laughs> yeah know, but there are totally all those perceptions that even I mean for business it makes yeah. things weird and hard like I've had people at banks people I don't know in various kinds of professions when I'm just trying to run my business say like really weird comments like lawyers yeah um or make these really big assumptions about um about the business and about you know what it means that we sell sex toys yeah we've had to go through whole sort of like rigmaroles with different payment processors saying like okay you're allowed to you know sell this product like using our our software but you can't sell this other product which is obviously ridiculous but there's all these yeah that that really get um yeah that really get in the way Um, yeah and this is for a you know sex shops are legal like yeah yeah (laughs) it's not even uh yeah I I know lots of sex workers who've gone through you know much much worse yeah Yeah. but yeah there's just so much perception of like what it means to be in this industry um yeah that makes business hard yeah I can like I that's a barrier I think I think because we've joked about people like perceiving you as like very sinful (laughs) (laughs) I I think like I only thought of that element to it but I guess I didn't think of like the barrier of like 
even that thing, that piece is like a, probably I'm sure just a small example of like certain POSs not being able to sell certain things because they're like too provocative for that. You know what I mean? That supplier, which, you know, makes no sense, obviously, as you're saying, but that's, yeah, yeah. that's wild <laughs> to think about. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of one payment processor. I won't name them, but like oh the rule God. was you could sell um dildos that were like colorful, but not like flesh tone. Oh no. Yeah. It makes a big difference though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah, they, they definitely do different jobs. <laughs> and what was funny is like the rep was, was, pitching their stuff to us yeah like with a straight face about this rule like oh, no, no problem you just can only sell these things that you sell. <laughs> and you're yeah, just like no that, that situations <laughs> that come up like that yeah <laughs> yeah that's rough and I I think I, I I know we chatted about this uh element too like based around the business and the service you provide like there's also kind of this like weird toxic like sexualization of you and the staff sometimes how do you kind of like combat that in a workplace like it's it's so interesting to think of like that kind of like teetering of how to do that yeah it's complicated honestly I don't know that we've ever figured out you know a perfect solution I mean my approach is to just obviously um try and support the staff as much as yeah. possible back yeah. people up set yeah clear boundaries yeah. um but yeah it's complicated in part because sometimes you don't know if someone is just like there's a lot of shame and stigma around sex yeah. we don't learn how to talk about it lots yeah. of us just talk about it in kind of awkward ways and so yeah. sometimes it's hard to wade through like is this just kind of an awkward conversation yeah, yeah where someone's sort of oversharing, but not maliciously or like not trying to make someone uncomfortable. It's just, they're kind of muddling through something or is this, you know, going somewhere we don't want it to. And at some point you figure out which it is, but it's not awesome to have to go through that conversation. And yeah, it is a real, it's a complicated thing. I think about working in a sex shop especially I don't do that much customer service uh, these days but especially for the staff um yeah we've had a lot of conversations about like what does that mean and what do we do with that and and, you know how do you you know obviously someone's on the phone and it gets weird you hang up but then also there's but in person yeah 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 and then there's the impacts of that right like of being at work and being yeah. sexualized and people yeah. thinking that's no big deal. I think the thing is when people are well-meaning and sort of awkward, they tend to usually get it when we're like, oh, you know, really happy to talk about this. And I don't have an hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. To, you know, talk about X, Y, Z. Yeah. Usually people who are, you know, decent and caring and, and are just sort of fumbling through and learning how to do something are like, oh, of course. And are um, understanding it's yeah. it's it's the people who aren't caring that are um the more worrisome but luckily those are like very that's not a huge like we have lots of yeah. great customers yeah <laughs> no I get that yeah I feel I feel so much of that um I wanted to just touch base on kind of like the public persona thing and just round it out by saying like I totally relate um because <laughs> you were saying this thing about like people think I'm going to be like 
I don't want to say more sexy, but like, I think people probably imagine you're just having sex everywhere all the time. <laughs> and then you kind of yeah. had to like, I'm more boring than that. <laughs> and totally. I, the element of being more boring than people think you are <laughs> is like, it's like my favorite thing. Like, <laughs> I can't imagine a more boring person than myself. Um, so I really, really relate to that. Yeah. And then I wanted to kind of, you know, from that and this customer service conversation, talk about a little bit about what business looks like now, because things have changed a lot since the fire. So I want to talk about like a little bit what's going on now for you, for you folks. Obviously the store essentially burning down had a, you know, pretty big impact um, on the business. Uh, Luckily, like this is kind of weird to say, but sort of luckily COVID happened before the fire Yeah, only because it meant that we had already really shifted to online a lot because we had to. And so we were already really set up to be kind of online, which is obviously what we're doing right now, online only. Um, Yeah. So I, I don't know, you know, there was a time where everything was operated out of the store so we would have just kind of lost everything and had to figure out what to do from there yeah so it, it changed uh, obviously things in a huge way and has meant that we're we don't have a store anymore yeah. and we're, yeah. we're we're just a we're not just a website but we're <laughs> we're only selling things <laughs> online at the moment it has been interesting to have a lot of space from the kind of from the storefront yeah. um just because it's it's so much there's a lot more stress I think that that goes along with running a brick and mortar store versus yeah uh online even I mean as a small business owner I don't know if this is the same if you're Mr. RBC but um Mr. RBC is really getting you tonight (laughs) I'm I'm picturing him as the mascot for the peanuts you know with the like Top hat, the monocle. Huh. Yeah, that's probably exactly what he looks like. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, when you own a small business, like you're the person, or at least one of the people, um, covering sick leave, and yeah. uh, if something happens, ultimately, kind of all the responsibility is on your shoulders, nonstop. Yeah, yeah, and you're the person kind of filling in gaps and stuff. I mean, not the only. Obviously, there's a great and amazing staff team that's been yeah. at the SMB, um yeah. always but I'm just saying if you're Mr. RBC you have like 75 layers of people yeah. between you yeah. and the staff scheduled at the bank right and that's not yeah. what happens in a small business and so just like not the sort of not needing to constantly put out fires which I guess is a really bad metaphor in this <laughs> situation I but I mean I think you're allowed to use it <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, has has been some space, at least, yeah. you know, since sort of the dealing with the aftermath. Um, and I don't know what that means, but it has been nice to not feel um, stressed constantly about a little bit of space. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but I don't know. I, you know, the same thing, like some of the first week or first couple weeks of COVID maybe not the first couple of weeks, but after the initial, like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. When we were like, okay, we'll be locked down for a while. I was like, wow, I'm a lot less stressed. <laughs> Which says a lot about I know. my <laughs> I know. Like, obviously the first, it was the same for me. Like, it was the most stress I had ever been. But then a few weeks after being closed, before we kind of reopened doing just pickup, I was like, 
Oh, it's just really nice to not work. <laughs> like, I love this. And now, a word from our sponsor, Veg Ottawa. Well, 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 it's Mark from Veg Ottawa. Hello. Hey, how are you? Hi, Mark. Listen, tell us, what do you do at Veg Ottawa? Yeah, of course. I mean, our mission, first and foremost, is to just kind of help promote, support, and inspire vegan lifestyle uh, businesses and and community in in the Ottawa area. And uh, the way we like to do that is just, you know, have you know, just kind of have a, uh, a place for people to go to for resources and, and information. So, you know, I like to feel like we're at a day and age where people are becoming more and more curious about, you know, what is, you know, living a vegan lifestyle yeah. actually look like. So yeah. uh, if you pop over to our, our website, uh, vegottawa.org, uh, we basically have everything that people would need to kind of get the ball rolling. Yeah. Um, and uh, just making sure that that information is, is open and accessible to, uh, to anyone who needs it. And I feel like I could be wrong, but you folks have like vegan businesses listed, but then you also kind mm-hmm. of talk a little bit about like just small businesses that offer kind of vegan menus or vegan specials. Like you highlight both. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. So we have a massive directory. I feel like it's growing every single yeah. day and there's even yeah. a map if you really <laughs> want to like map yeah, things yeah, down yeah. And, and go on a crazy <laughs> road trip. But yeah, so like any uh, any business that uh, may not be fully vegan, but is uh, offering you know vegetarian or or vegan options, we want to start putting their names yeah. uh, literally on the map, I guess. Yeah. And um, the, the the whole point of doing that is to encourage these places to maybe explore that side of their yeah. business yeah. a little bit more and more. Um, yeah, because I hear that all the time from small businesses, like small food businesses. They always tell me like, "Oh, we weren't expecting our vegan menu to be so popular." And they'll always say to me, like, oh, yeah. just because there's such a demand, we're going to hopefully next year offer even more options and offer even more options. And I, I always think it's really important to keep that in mind. Like, you know, a business doesn't have to be fully vegan to support them. Um, mm-hmm. I think just supporting whatever options they have is like such a good kind of like incentive to show them like there is demand. You're making the right choices. Like even that is like an amazing start. I think you would probably agree to that. I, I actually, I love seeing when those situations come up because then it, yeah. you know, it shows that openness to change and the, the exactly. more that we can promote that and more importantly, support that as the vegan community for yeah. these businesses, like, Hey, let's shower them with even more love. It's like, even <laughs> if they like, you know, through a, through a beyond meat burger on the menu, let's go yeah. shower them with some love and support and maybe they'll just kind of keep growing it. Yeah. I mean, and famously, even just having vegan options, and you're not being fully vegan means you can like, if you have like an uncle who hates veganism or something like you can also <laughs> go, you know, like you, you, there's always someone in the circle who's like, I don't want to go to a vegan spot. So yeah. it's even just like a good reference. Cause it gives you kind of like backups. If there's like, we have to please a bunch of people, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's a great tool. Uh, I was going to ask you, what are some of, what are some of your favorite spots, small businesses to eat at that have vegan options or are vegan? in Ottawa? Ooh, that is a really good question. I mean, I feel like I can't not say a little Joe Berry's. <laughs> but truthfully, though, uh, it was probably one of the first places I, I my friends recommended to me uh, once yeah. my wife and I made that switch about six years ago. Cool. Um, yeah. And uh, I fell in love with the pizzas. That's that's where you that's where you yeah. won me over. Um, <laughs> but uh, I I think another place that holds a special place in my heart has got to be chickpeas. Yeah, I used to yeah, work yeah. right near train yards when that first location opened up and like yeah. it just it blew me away. 
Yeah. Um, but if I really want to give a shout out to maybe like one or two more is I, you know, not to forget any names here. That's the no, yeah, part, yeah, but yeah. like uh, I love seeing places like Hometown uh, Sports yeah. Grill and places like Ale. Uh, yeah. Not just because they have beer, but also like <laughs> they they have like a standalone vegan menu yeah. that is always evolving. Um, and that's what I really like to see is it's not just like, OK, like we got your one option on the menu, like yeah. everybody be yeah. happy. It's like, no, like how can we always be improving on this and, and making it better? So the the ones that are stepping out of their comfort zone and yeah, like the more the more businesses that we see like that out there is going to encourage more businesses to start getting more creative and you know, start creating their own things as well. Yeah, 100%. And vegans are hungry. And this is something I feel like (laughs) people miss out on. Like there is quite a few like vegan, vegetarian, even like vegan leaning people who are like not vegan, but they prefer to eat that way. And I feel like people are always shocked, like when vegans show up, but I'm always like, no, like the vegans are hungry. And we like, like, we will go, you know what I mean? Like we'll always go to a food festival. We'll always go to a new restaurant. We'll try the menu. Like this is what we're we've been waiting for. So yeah, I yeah. totally, I totally understand that. Is there anything you want to plug from Veg Ottawa? Anything kind of like what can Veg Ottawa do for a person who's like mm-hmm. looking to connect? Like what tools are there? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing would probably just be to pop on our website again. It's uh, vegottawa.org and you can mm-hmm. sign up for our newsletter on there. That's really the best way to stay connected. Um, you know, we, we are a membership based organization, so yes, you can get a membership and there are additional perks that, that come with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but first and foremost, it's accessible to everyone at, at absolutely no charge is just our, our website and, you yeah, know, what's, amazing. what's coming up. Um, you know, we do, uh, especially now we're getting back into the swing of it of putting on more and more events, like, Hey, yeah. how do we start getting people together again? Yeah. Um, we used to host a lot of potlucks and, and barbecues and things like that in the past. A hundred percent connecting with people. Uh, we've all missed that. So. And back to our episode. But we're almost done. I swear. I won't keep, I know 8 p.m. is close to your bed. No, no, no. I was really, <laughs> I feel really invigorated by this conversation. No. Yeah. One, one point I wanted to, to make when we were both talking about how, like, I think it's really important to like point out this difference. Um, we were both kind of saying like, when you own a small business, you know, so much depends on you and you don't have someone who does this. And, you know, we were kind of comparing the idea of like how corporations have tiers of resources of each person who does each task, but as a small business, you do everything. And I always like to make the clarification of like, I don't do everything because I like, because I just want to. There's like a element of small business where it's like, sometimes we like have to, to survive. And I think anytime I'm like talking about like, not, it seems like, uh, I don't know how to explain this. I think sometimes when I talk about it, it looks like I'm not asking for help and that I'm too controlling and I'm there too much. I don't want it to come out as like, it's because I want to do everything. It's more like, as a small business, we have less resources. So when someone's sick, the owner covers. And I, I think it's just important to like kind of make that difference um, just for listeners. Cause both of us were kind of saying like, you know, I cover everyone. I do this, but it's not because we want to, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point to make. And I, I also want to clarify that actually yeah. this is, uh, <laughs> there is a staff team who is amazing and who yeah. has covered. Yeah. But I do think it's an interesting point, right? Like I remember when I kind of first uh, owned the business and I was really overwhelmed by that, like by being the person 
um, a lot of very well-meaning people would talk to me about boundaries and yeah. um, like, yeah, boundaries are great, but yeah. as a, I mean, love boundaries. I don't mean that flippantly. They are great. <laughs> yeah. I'm obsessed. Yeah. I know. I know that's, that's, <laughs> your, that's your thing. <laughs> but um, there's also a trade-off. Like I don't actually know that yeah. we talk about enough, like in small business, like, yeah, I can set that boundary and it's gonna have consequences. Like yeah. either that means yeah. that, you know, maybe I set a boundary of I'm, I'm, not going to cover this day and then that means that the staff are short-staffed and then Mm -hmm. that means people are getting more tired or customers aren't you know leaving happy or whatever or okay I'm not going to answer emails on the weekend and then that means I lose income because people yeah and it's still a choice I'm not saying you can't make those choices but I think it's hard when you're not a small business owner like you said to sort of wrap your head around um yeah the idea of because of, of. it's not yeah it's it's exactly the thing like it's not it's not just our choice like rent still has to get paid you know like the series still has to get paid payroll still has to get paid like yeah. there's so little amount of money left for the business at the end of each month even when we are doing all that stuff totally so yeah. then to take that hit of doing like one less thing it's really hard to explain to someone like doing one less thing is better for my mental health, but also worse because I'll spend that time off worrying. Totally. And it's like yeah. hard to explain that unless you've been in this situation. And I think especially in the last few years, it's just been hit after hit after hit for small business. Yeah. So there's not, and I think a lot of small business owners can relate. There hasn't been a lot of stability in the last, you know, three or four years. Yeah. Um. Okay. And that is obviously reflected in our schedule and the time we can take and, you know, the sacrifices we can make um, by stepping away and giving ourselves time. But then, you know, do you or do you not dwell on the things you could be doing? I've been I've just been thinking about this a lot lately because I've been considering opening opening the shop on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. And right now we're closed Monday, Tuesday, and I actually just love being closed two days a week. Yeah. But it doesn't feel realistic for a small business to just pay rent those two days and be closed. Um, but then there's more expenses. Like if I open another day, I pay for staff to come in another day. I pay utilities to be on. Like there's all those kind yeah. of like conversations you make with yourself because, you know, sometimes being open Tuesday, like, I don't know what cash flow will be like that day. So I don't know if it'll be worth it, but it's that whole thing. It's like, I really don't want to open on Tuesdays, but I can't just force every other day to be more busy. Cause I don't want to be, you know what I mean? <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah I do it's really it's it's yeah it they're impossible choices and uh, I have to say like becoming a parent in the last yeah year um yeah also really made those choices even more difficult yeah. um at some moments you know before the store burned down um yeah, <laughs> yeah because it was like okay it's like income (laughs) that pays for my house and the baby (laughs) or time with the baby and um yeah it's it's and both are both are valuable yeah both yeah there's no right answer right because I hate burnout culture like I hate when I see posts about no time off I, I I really don't like when people talk about like I think it's 
really realistic and understandable that some people have to work 12 hour days. I've, I'm there a lot myself, but I don't like when people post about it as like, yeah, you should be working hard and making your life harder by working more. Like I, I don't, I really don't like seeing like um that stuff glamorized. And I think I, I really bought into it a lot when I was a newer business owner, because I think a lot of businesses around me would talk that way. So I, I really, really like, just so it's like, I guess clear, like I really hate working a lot. And if I could be paid, I would be on a cruise somewhere <laughs> relaxing. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's like, I don't want to work as much as I do, but I'm still working more than I want to. Um, Cause I don't want to work at all, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it just didn't pan out for me that I got that lifestyle. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, have you considered marrying rich? <laughs> I, honestly, I think about it all the time. I think I would even marry straight to get a rich person. So. <laughs> it's yeah, literally something I think off, about. Yeah. <laughs> I literally think about it all the time, but yeah, I just, uh, I think that's just an interesting kind of topic we hit on to kind of talk about like yeah it's great to tell someone take a day off or you know get someone to cover or you know it's you whatever the advice is for someone who has no concept of how tight resources actually are um but the sentiment is appreciated I think totally yeah and sometimes you know you actually should take a day off <laughs> also. Yeah. You should take a lot of days off. I know. Yeah. I know. It's just you should also pay, like find someone to pay you to take those days off. Yes. I yes. did something really scandalous lately and um, Ray couldn't believe it. On our website, I put um, an option um, because we don't have a tip option on our online store and we get a lot of um, orders through our online store, big caterings, uh, cakes, all this stuff. And we don't have a tip option. So recently I put up an option that if you wanted to just give money to the shop so we could have a break, that's like the new thing online. Oh, so there's a button that's like, uh, give a, give the shop some money. And it's like the break fund. Um, and the whole premise of it is like, uh, in the bio, it just says like, we want to be able to take a break, but we can't take a break and keep up on our bills. So the idea of this is just like, if you want to help us take a couple days to rest, this is what it would go towards. Um, and it literally feels like illegal that I've done that. <laughs> yeah. It, it feels wild to ask people um, for that kind of care and to be valued in that way. Um, but me and Ray cannot get enough of it. And like today, someone put like the first person to put money in there was today. Um, and me and Ray were both like, <gasps> like, we just could not believe we're like, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> But like, you sucker I'm just I, gonna take this money and rest like I told you I was going to I just really don't know how else to ask people for help to rest so yeah, yeah but um no that's amazing good for I, you and I think normalizing more things and I think it's that you know those those kinds of things are talked about more now um but I think I don't know I just really have become a fan of like asking for help talking about breaks um and in just kind of talking about feeling burnt out and I I really want other entrepreneurs to like hear that and know like I think it's really okay to just say to people that we serve nonstop I don't want to do this right now you know yeah like I'm yeah. not a machine yeah totally totally yeah I um 
I used to be really good at email and now I'm really bad at email. Yes. Um, love that. <laughs> <laughs> but a couple of years ago at Christmas, we were just so swamped and short staffed that I yeah. just put it like an automatic reply to my email, basically saying, I'm not getting back to you. <laughs> and call the store if it's urgent. Otherwise, we'll see you in February. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was so it was so free. Like to just yeah. I don't have I'm just gonna be honest that I don't have time to do this. I'm already working 10 hour days. Yeah. I'm not gonna go home and answer all yeah. my emails afterwards. Um yeah, but, I, to- yeah. I totally relate. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that that break thing, I'm gonna donate to your break fund after. Stop it. After <laughs> It's Done. Just, I think that's I mean it's so it's like it's such a vulnerable and impressive thing to do so I'm I'm good for you I don't know if it's weird for me to say I'm proud of you but I oh I'm, no I love please say yeah. it I feel like my heart just grew two sizes Thank you. Um, no yeah just I I think I can't imagine another way to like get a break that feels like I'm and it's like what we're talking about get a break that doesn't feel like it's costing me so much yeah. um and this feels like a easier way to maybe just oh you're getting so much baked goods and catering why don't you also just <laughs> leave a treat for us yeah <laughs> um yeah okay uh one thing I wanted to ask you I feel like we're coming to an end but I, I do have one thing we didn't hit on that I want to ask about in um like a job like working at Venus Envy and this is like totally off topic, but does the staff or like, do you get, how do you get education to like talk about everything? Cause oh. like, I, I know there's not just like, it's not like other jobs where there's just like classes are available on anything or go to school and learn, you know what I mean? Like, so I was kind of wondering like, and I'm sure, you know, new things are coming up and new ways of doing lots of stuff is always coming. And how do you stay on top of all that? Yeah, I mean, um, it's impossible, obviously, yeah. to stay on top of it. Well, I haven't found a way to do it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, just, I, I mean, we're also a bookstore, so that's yeah lucky in that uh, a lot of the, like, we read the books yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that come in. Yeah. Um, but also, all the full-time staff, anyways, have a fund of money to um to take advantage of to for like whatever um oh, that's cool yeah stuff like I think yeah as a as a small business owner I can't always pay people as much as I want to yeah. um but this is like one way I try to I guess give people a bit more value um yeah. but yeah just it's fun to kind of um go to whatever online conferences or take a class or um do stuff like that to keep on top of things and then it just helps that everyone's generally speaking a big sex nerd and so (laughs) people are so interested in in learning more um about it that it you know people are kind of already like um listening to podcasts reading stuff or um yeah doing doing that kind of stuff just to get more information yeah because like I mean we didn't even talk about this at all this conversation really didn't go the way I thought it would (laughs) because I was really gonna ask you more about like uh sex education but I think we just zoomed past that but um like I think like when I think of Ottawa 
like y'all are the the only spot doing like specifically queer sex ed so openly I think that would be like a true thing to say yeah um so I always wonder like that's such a limited resource just having you how like you expand out then and find your influences your resource you know what I mean like right 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 right. yeah yeah I there's not one sort of formal way I think um we're still figuring out like yeah what education is for us yeah without the store um front yeah and how to do that and how to stay kind of connected to to that um but especially when the store was open like we brought in a lot of guests from other places and that was always or I always found that like a really um meaningful experience because yeah you you get to bring in these people coming from other places who are thinking about things um in different ways and kind of yeah adding stuff um a lot of your speakers I was gonna say like when you did workshops I haven't gone to like a lot of the workshops but there's been times where I've seen you posted like oh this person's coming and they're teaching a topic that I find interesting or I just feel like I don't know anything about and then if I go on their social media they have like so much just free resources and I always found like that's really cool because it's like a way to like access do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, it's like you're yeah, creating yeah. a channel to like that spits me out somewhere to learn even more. But a lot of times, especially I think in like the queer community, there's like more free resources just because like that's how we teach each other. We don't have anywhere to go. So I feel like a lot of times like when you bring someone in, I'll be like, oh, that's really cool. And then I go to their website and then, you know, I follow them or like I, you know, buy something they're doing. And I, I think that's such a cool kind of like network even if I physically can't be there, I can still feel part of like the learning. Yeah, totally, totally, hundred percent. And the I took a big step back from our social media kind of yeah. mid pandemic. But the person who's doing the social media now for the store <clears throat> is incredible and doing all kinds of really um, fun and and interesting yeah, yeah, um, stuff. And it's been yeah interesting to see how people engage with that it's not the same as in person like in person is still like really what gets me hot at giving a workshop but um there's there's a sex shop stamp coming out <laughs> yeah, here we go again every time. <laughs> but um but yeah it, it has been really interesting to see that happen more we were already doing education through social media but now it's like you know most of what we're doing in that sense and um I think it's also a really good reminder of like oh right not everyone knows the things um that we're talking about the things that I know yeah it can be yeah forget that um yeah and I think it's like just important if anybody is listening and they're part of the 2s lgbtqi plus community like, I feel like I'm queer and I know, like, absolutely nothing. So it's, like, okay, whatever your capacity is of knowing. Um, I think that's, like, really nice, that point you made. Like, there's so much changing that people don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. I don't want to, like, interview and you and seem like I know anything because I don't. <laughs> so if someone else is listening and they're like, oh I'm God. queer and I don't know, it's like, yeah, like nobody knows what the heck is going on. <laughs> There's like, also no like um 
there's no one who's gonna call you out yeah yeah <laughs> about about um your you know sex yeah. knowledge you don't well, know how to I use mean, this hopefully. toy yeah yeah it's <laughs> yeah. not real yeah um, yeah but it's another I mean that's a good like a, a thing that's important to me and the way we do yeah. sex ed is not being like here's the way to do this thing and here's yeah. how yeah. you use this thing and you know yeah. here's my expertise because that to me feels so not yeah clear. like the great stuff about queer sex ed is that you get to actually queer things like how do you yeah. use this toy in a way yeah. that it's not kind of you know this isn't what the manufacturers had in mind but yeah. isn't this great isn't that great you outsmarted <laughs> them <laughs> <laughs> okay this is my last question uh and then we'll wrap up but I like to ask people if you feel like you weren't working in this industry what is like I hate to say dream job but I also love this question so do you have any other dream jobs that you would like to do that are just like a total switch up of like where you've landed okay yes I was thinking about this the other day yes and my answer is that I would like to be the okay let me back up a little bit okay <laughs> on survivor the reality tv show oh my god are we about to talk about survivor <laughs> yes. my like favorite tv show whoa okay I have no idea. okay that I watch a lot I of survivor. About you. oh my god we need to talk about this after. okay i'm in like a survivor fantasy league i have like um my picks of this new season that's out right now oh my god okay i'm so excited <laughs> to hear this and so I feel like there's no better person to give this answer to. But yes, the games, like the the game, the challenges that they do, there's be a like game maker. Okay, game maker, or there's people who test out all the challenges. Oh my god, before they do it, like when you see yeah. on the like little, yeah. here's how this challenge works. You see yeah. someone doing it. That's those people, like the the game testers. Yes, I would love to be a game oh designer oh and or a game tester on Survivor because you get to do cool things yeah. but then you don't have to sleep on the beach. And you get to live in Fiji for six months. Totally. That's amazing. Yes. And also like when you this is like we're going way off topic when you watch Survivor and you see them do the challenges are you the kind of person who's like I'd be very good at that. Like when you watch it do you like oh this is the part of the challenge I 100% would do. 100% no. Yeah. I feel no. like I would be very bad at all of it. <laughs> I'd be good at anything swimming and that's it. Like if it's any strength challenges, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm no puzzling. Yeah. Oh, I'd be good. Actually, I'd be good at the puzzles. That's always the part where I'm like, okay, I could do this puzzle. Okay. And I, I think maybe I'd be good at the ones where you just like have to like stand on one foot for six hours. Really? I think, I think, I don't know. I'd like, I I'd, not. I'd like to test it out, but I wouldn't unless someone was going to give me a million dollars, you know, so Sometimes I just really wish I could be on Survivor, but then I just know I, I'm not made for it. Yeah. Like, be on Survivor, but all I really want to do is, like, go swimming and be on vacation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. I love that more. answer. Uh, wow. <laughs> That's the best answer I think I've ever gotten to that question. Like, it's amazing. so amazing. Totally relatable. Um. Okay. So, any gossip? Is there anything you kind of want to, like, announce? What have you? Hot gossip. Yeah. A couple things. One, I can't tell you very much about, but I will say if you get on our Ottawa email list like today, um, you'll get a very exciting email about an opportunity for some in-person sale shopping in the very near future. Ooh, all I can say. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
Uh, and then the other event, the hot gossip, is our event that we're doing, uh, which is <laughs> our homo for the holidays market. Yes, a collab yes. event. Um, do you want to say more about? Yeah, it? uh, we're back again. Little Joe Berries and Venus and me. <laughs> no one could stop us. Um, we're just collaborating to uh make a queer market. Uh, all businesses are going to be there are 2S LGBTQIA plus own businesses, which is the best and just doing like holiday themed stuff. That's all the info we're going to share. So just check out our Instagram for more info. Okay. Um, Sam, that's all the questions I have. So thank you so much for coming to be a guest. Um, yeah, this went way, me. oh yeah, this went way longer than I thought it would going to be, <laughs> it was going to be, but, uh, you know, I couldn't stop. I was too excited. <laughs> It was a good, it was a good conversation. It was fun. Thanks for, yeah, really. Thanks for having me. It was. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Back again and better than ever. Ray. Welcome back to your regularly. (laughs) Regularly. (laughs) Your Ratatouille scheduled program. Regularly. (laughs) Gabagool. (laughs) As you can tell. Exhausted. Nothing's changed. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just feel like my body's been sore for a full year. We said that last episode (laughs) like a year ago. (laughs) What's that about? Yeah. Your body still hasn't gotten any better. Aches. Pains. It's daylight savings tonight, I think. It is. Not to date the podcast, but now you can guess. Not to date the podcast one day back. Like, oh, is it coming out tomorrow? It's coming out Monday. Oh, nice. So sick. Unprofessional. Really down to the wire. <laughs> <laughs> a peek behind the curtain. <laughs> I'm a little behind on this one. Uh, blame it on running a business or yeah. depression. A mix. <laughs> a, a dangerous cocktail. So um, we're back on the pod. We're back and show up business as usual. Mm-hmm. We've been hosting more events lately. Uh, right? Yeah, we've been hosting more events. We've been going to more events. And, you know, events are pretty wild. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of caterings. Yeah, we're a catering business now. I, turns <laughs> out. I feel like I might shut down the storefront and just cater <laughs> corporate events. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty lucrative. I was telling a friend about it yesterday, about what I charge corporate accounts. And she was saying, charge them more. Milk them. Milk them. (laughs) And I feel like I don't milk corporate and commercial accounts enough. No, because I feel like there's like a, a worry where you're like, well, it's probably similar just in terms of, oh my God, where am I going? I just need the money so bad. You just bad. need the money. And you're like, well, I just want to be good enough that they'll come back. And I was trying to explain, like, I have a history of working with, like, small business <clears throat> or serving other people who don't have a lot of money, similar to myself. So I feel like when I work with a corporation who just has, like, big money, I just think, like, I have to give them a deal. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's great. Like, whatever. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's not your money. Yeah, that's true. It's weird because you're like, oh, is this too expensive? Yeah. And you're like, well, no, that shouldn't be. It should just be like, well, this is how much it costs. Because I don't think I've been charging 
you can't jerk. I'm going to milk them now. <laughs> well, hopefully they're not listening to the podcast. <laughs> to me, like milking someone is just like being paid fairly, though. Yeah, that's true. Because I'm always wheeling and dealing. Like I'm always bringing like 10 more cookies than I promised. Or yeah. like something, you know. You're like, here's 10 cookies in case one cookie breaks yeah, on the way there. I can't help myself. I'm always <laughs> just like, I just want to do something good for you. Yeah. Large corporation. Above and beyond. You're a classic <laughs> company man. I'm I'm very much the man. That's true. Sorry, Ray just spoke into his ginger ale bottle. That's true. Because we're not live and recording. Yeah. And it's only been three minutes, but he has to have a drink. I'm thirsty. I've been talking a lot and clearing my throat like <laughs> seven times since we started recording. <laughs> so. This is the glamorous side of not having like a video content associated with your podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts who film the podcasts. I tried filming one um, one episode I did, and I, the camera like tilted while we were talking, so that ended up just being like the roof, but uh, which is very my style, getting stuff wrong. <laughs> um, but I the best thing about the podcast is I've recorded my pajamas, mm-hmm. and we only got to ever have two guests in person. Yeah. Chai Shai and Kaylee Seaver. Mm-hmm. But when Chai Shai came, they were like fully done up and I was in my pajamas. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no. You're like, oh, no. And I wasn't even in like a sweatsuit. I was like, it's like the next level down. Mm-hmm. Pajama pants. It's like your dog walking outfit. Yeah, it's like my living outfit. <laughs> it's like if I go to a friend's house and I'm close enough with them, I'll just wear my pajama pants. Mm-hmm. Because all my friends are lazy. <laughs> like i'm wearing a pair of jeans i have my ginger ale bottle and i'm shirtless he's just shirtless <laughs> and i have to look at him disgusting yeah. you're trying to hold it together <laughs> last night for entertainment um we looked up the magic mic dance oh my god yeah. and then ray well we all tried it was yeah. us and two other friends but um and all of us masked before hanging out because we're always safe so don't call me out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, we looked at the Magic Mike moves and we all tried to do it. And all of us tried to do it and it was like a joke when we tried. But when Ray tried, he was like very good. It turns out I am Michael. <laughs> magic Michael. Well, in the office, his name is Michael the Magic. So I, I think you, yeah, so I think oh you might be. I don't know if you know, but I, I tend to watch off the, off, the office office show yeah um so just in any conversation i bring up mm-hmm. an, a reference from the office that's fair like i remember i asked you the other day i was like do you think i do it too much <laughs> and you're like well i watch the office and i was like no i just do this with everyone yeah and i was like well maybe i think it's like the funniest thing ever it's a good personality trait the office quotes yeah yeah i mean i like it who else are you trying to impress well it got me there so Michael the Magic over here was able to lift himself in the air and then like grind in the air, legs in the air, but his hands were on a chair doing it. I don't even know. But like for, to be fair, it was like five seconds is like, I couldn't do it for any longer than that. I couldn't even get myself off the chair. I need to work on my core. Like now that I know oh, I can yeah, do yeah. it, I'll, I'll start obviously. Yeah. And then <laughs> business cuts will be become... Business, it'll stay business cuts, but it'll just be like, how cut is my body now? Business <laughs> cuts my abs. <laughs> Old Channing Tatum over yeah. here. 
Um, I was about to take another drink. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll wait. Because I could hear you opening your bottle. I was like, you know, this is like live audio. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we're not going to keep you long. I think that's mostly what we've been doing since we last chatted. Pretty excited for this season. Uh, I wasn't actually thinking I was going to do another season because I was really exhausted. Um, but I luckily am not exhausted <laughs> Yeah, you're you're so well rested now. Uh, someone pay me to go on vacation. Um, okay, well that's all from us, and we're really looking forward to the season, Ray. Yeah, me too. I'll I'll come with uh, an actual topic next time. And more ginger ale bottles. And more yeah, more ginger ale bottles and more outfits, more more podcast outfits. And I'll be in pajama pants. Alrighty, <laughs> have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye bye. <laughs> Heck yes, you made it to the end of another episode of Business Baby. Big thank you to our season-long sponsor, Veg Ottawa. And don't forget, we have a new episode coming out every second Monday. So stay tuned for that. And if you like this podcast, well, rate, subscribe, review, whatever. Okay, have a great week. Bye-bye now. Who am I? I'm Kelly Kapoor, the business bitch.